Hello, family, and welcome to Kingwood Methodist. In John 4.23, Jesus states that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. As we gather at church and open God's word, we are not just coming together for the sake of gathering, but also to learn the truth of God and how we can grow to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. As we continually surrender our lives to the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the type of worshipers our Heavenly Father seeks. Let's dive in together. Well, good morning, church. I know I'm probably not super familiar looking. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen me before or something. Um, but before I get started, I'm going to do something that a lot of pastors miss out on. Uh, K through K second, go to the back and see Miss Whitney. Yes, I did that. I always see everybody messing up and I'm like, let's go. Thank you. Thank you. That was for me, Clint. That was for me. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, today is our youth takeover. Uh, we like to say youth invasion. You can probably see a bunch of different students around the room. They are required. Oh, there's some in the back jumping up and down. Uh, they are actually required to give you a high five if you ask for it. So use that to your best ability, okay? So when you see one, give them a high five. They're doing awesome. A lot of them are volunteering. We've even got some back in the sound booth right now working, doing awesome, y'all. How about our incredible youth band this morning? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It is just a beautiful morning to worship Jesus with you guys. And uh, I have the incredible opportunity and privilege uh, to be the one giving the lesson this morning. And so I thank clergy. Thank you so much uh, because you are super brave on giving a youth minister the stage. Um, so we can be very unpredictable. Um, so y'all buckle up and y'all get ready. Sound good? Perfect, perfect. Um, well, before we jump in, uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, I just invite your Holy Spirit into this place, God. God, this is your territory. This is your people. This is your church. This is your community. God, I just pray that you would speak, uh, speak through me uh, in the way that you will, Lord God. God, allow me to be a vessel uh, just for your spirit, just to move through us. God, speak to us, not just our adults, but our students as well. God, I just know that your spirit dwells within us. And I just pray uh, that, as, that as we go forward from today, as we step into a time of scripture, that you would just bless the time that we have together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So today we are jumping back into our reflection series. As Clint uh, kicked us off last week uh, and we jumped into uh, this series, uh, super excited about what we are talking about today. So today we are going to discuss the reflection of Jesus amongst our youth. And so we're going to talk about some interactions between Jesus and some children uh, that gives us a prime example of who ultimately will inherit the kingdom of God. 
And so as we dive into scripture today, we'll be in Mark 9, 33 through 37. I'm going to repeat that twice because I do that for my students. Um, Mark 9, 33 through 37. Mark 9, 33 through 37. If you do not have that Bible um, with you, we have it on the screen as well. Um, but before we jump into this, I want just kind of preface and saying we uh, are about to uh, talk through this scripture. Uh, and what is happening is Jesus is going about his ministry. He's traveling. Um, he is... Uh, spreading the good news. He's performing miracles uh, and he's interacting with all types of people. He's healing people. He's pursuing people. He's leading people. And so there's an argument as the disciples are walking with Jesus. There's an argument that has arisen amongst the disciples and Jesus uh, wants to know what is going on. And so we see starting off in verse 33, They came to Capernaum, where he was in the house. He asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept super quiet, because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them, taking the child in his arms. He said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So what do we see here that Jesus is emphasizing? What do we see here that Jesus is pointing out? Why is he making this statement? And when we look at the disciples, we look at their attitudes, we look at their perspective, we look at what their thoughts were, we can see why and what he's doing. You see, the disciples were so wrapped up in who was the greatest, right? Who followed Jesus the best? Who was the most devout disciple? They were worried about that amongst each other, that they completely allowed themselves to fall into a spirit of pride and of judgment towards one another. And it wasn't just judgment towards one another. It was, it was even people on the outside, as we see a consistency in this, these scriptures in Mark uh, that talks about the perspective of selfishness that these disciples had. And we move forward and, and even in, in, to, go, to go as far as in verse 38, uh, there's a man that um, the disciples are reporting about that is casting out demons in Jesus' name and they tell him to stop and they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we told this man to stop because he wasn't one of us. He wasn't one of us. You see, the disciples were getting so wrapped up in themselves that they were deterred from the mission of the gospel because of their pride. How many times has this been us, y'all? I know it's been me. This is something that I struggle with. It can come in the form of, well, you know, I go to church regularly. Well, I'm a, I'm a more, more faithful Christian. I'm, I'm a better believer. You know, I've been, I'm in scripture every single day. How is that changing your perspective of other people, of even younger Christians? 
Do you feel greater than them? Do you think about that? You see, if the disciples had that mindset where they were arguing over who is greater, wouldn't it be even more susceptible to those like us who haven't physically walked with Jesus during his ministry? And yet Jesus reveals to us how we should see other people in the midst of this debate of hierarchy amongst the disciples. And he says, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he had placed among them, taking the child in his arms. He said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. You see, Jesus had used this child to explain to the disciples that their perspective was so wrong. A follower of Jesus does not seek power. A follower of Jesus seeks ways to help those who have no power. Like children. While the disciples argue over who is the greatest, Jesus tells them to take interest in the most vulnerable who can do nothing for them. And he's super clear. Jesus is super clear on this. And yet the disciples continue again as scripture again to fall into pride. It's such a prominent thing that, that these disciples are falling to. We can even see it as we shift into Mark 10, 13 through 16, which is our next scripture. And I actually do not want you guys to open that scripture. We'll have it here on the screen for you. But I want you to close your eyes. Something that I do with my students is I believe that this, the Bible that we're reading, the scriptures that we're reading, it's not just words on a page but it is a story that we are intended to to walk through and so I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine you're there on that day and there's a giant crowd that is surrounding Jesus Jesus is is talking and interacting with people uh, and there's this massive crowd just wanting just to get a taste of Jesus of who he is and and what he looks like and be able to just interact with him so hungry And then there's some parents that that bring their children along, just hoping that they can be blessed by Jesus. And so they bring these children along. I can just imagine the children's excitement, right? A child just full of excitement. Oh, I'm going to meet my Lord. Just the excitement, just to be able to grasp onto him, to be able to touch Jesus. So much excitement. I can imagine them squirming away from their parents. I've got to get up here. I've got to get up here. Right? And we see how the disciples interact with them. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let's. The little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. 
Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. You see, so many times I think that we can get in this mindset, well, it's the world that's deterring our, our, our youth from Jesus. It's the world that's doing that. And I think that is true. But the reality of it is we can be a hindrance to our youth. It was the disciples who hindered those children from seeing Jesus. He doesn't have time for that. Jesus has got a lot going on. You know, he doesn't have time to, to bless you guys. He's got healing he needs to be done. He's got this going on, right? But Jesus says, no. Let those little children come to me. Receiving them with open arms. You see, Jesus is using children to teach not just us today, but even his most devout followers and disciples back then. As I quote from a scholar that, that I was, as I was doing some research, and I love this quote, is that Jesus in these scriptures is using children as the litmus paper to expose the presence of pride, which is what these disciples were full of which is what we can be so full of. I can be so full of. I have to consistently evaluate my mindset, evaluate my perspective. I think this isn't something that just happens overnight, but it is a consistent evaluation of self-reflection of how you perceive each other in our youth. We can be so full of pride. So what does that mean for us today? Well, first, I'm going to show you a picture of this beautiful baby. Bert gets to show you all pictures of babies, so I'm going to do it this time as well. So, um, but I want you guys to look at this incredible baby. This is my goddaughter. Her name is Camilla. And she is our middle school director, Anna Paula, and Felipe, who's an incredible volunteer for us uh, in our youth ministry. Uh, that is their child. And um, they came to me one day and uh, just, just super surprised. They, they said, hey, you know, we want you to be the godfather of our kid. And I said, wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> And so they said, yes, like we want you to walk alongside her in her faith journey, to be an inspiration to her, to nurture her in the faith. And so for, for parents, I, I'm not a parent, so parents out there, I know you can resonate with this on a way deeper level than I can, but I'm beginning, I'm, I begin to taste a little bit of this, Right? Because I've been experiencing something with this baby. As, I'm, as I am, uh, have this responsibility to nurture her faith and her incredible taste in sports teams. <laughs> I, had a res I had a responsibility, right? 
You see, I'm not the best guy when it comes to babies either. I see a baby and I'm like, that's awesome. I'm not like, come here, just bring that baby to me. Come on now. Come on, baby. Come on. Mm, Come on. Some of y'all are like magicians. Jasmine, you were like putting her to sleep the other day. And I was like, this is a miracle right here. (laughs) But I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't fond of babies. I was, I didn't want to hold them. I didn't want to pick them up. I wanted to just keep them from a distance. But with Camilla, Camilla, it felt different. Knowing that I'm her godfather and her two incredible parents have entrusted that in me and that I have this responsibility to help guide her in her faith walk and journey. And it just changes the way that I see her. She's like the cutest little thing. She's the best. She's the sweetest. Every time I, wanna, I see her, I want to pick her up, but I know I might make her cry. And I was the same way with my nieces when they were born, right? Because when I I knew there was a responsibility on me, I knew that, that, that I had a responsibility in this child's life. The way that I saw her completely changed. How do we view our youth today? How do we view our children? How do we view our students? Jesus has entrusted us with the next generation of believers. He's entrusted us. How do we view them? I've had the privilege of being a student minister for a while now. I I got to serve under um, the incredible Clint Wiley. um, And uh, now I'm kind of in the the direct role as I've stepped in and I have an incredible uh, youth ministry staff. They are exceptional, um, just super blessed. But I've had an opportunity uh, just to spend some time in student ministry. And when I went into student ministry, I can't lie, I, I walked in thinking, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all these teachings. I'm going to have all these, these things for them to learn from me. And it's all about me. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they're going to learn uh, so much from me. And man, was I so wrong. I do have that role as a, as a teacher in their lives and hopefully, students, that you do learn something from me. But I began to learn that it was more that I was learning from them than they were learning from me. That these students who were young, who were just experiencing Jesus for the first time came so hungry, so ready Some of them have so much passion built up in them. They didn't know what to do with it. They were like, I just want to read the Bible all day long. And I just want to, I just want to preach to everybody and let everybody know this feeling and know this experience. How incredible is that? You see, these students, these students, we see them at an awakened retreat where they're coming and they're saying, I'm going to spend a weekend putting my phone down and to be in worship with my creator. I want more. I want more. You see, how, we have to understand that these students we are entrusted with, 
How do we view them? Are we greater than them? Yes, we've gone through uh, our lives and we may have stepped in and had uh, our faith journeys that are much longer than them, may have know a lot more scripture than them, but how do we perceive them? How does your faith journey intertwine with theirs? We have a responsibility. He's entrusted us. You see, when we begin to see our students and children, like I began to with Camilla, knowing God had entrusted them in our care, you truly begin to invest in the kingdom of God. You see, as an, as an adult, I'm, 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 I'm learning, um, as a young adult, I'm, I'm learning some things about investment, right? Uh, investing is important. Um, you know, you invest in your house, you invest in uh, your cars, you invest in clothes that you wear. Um, but the reality of it is, is homes, they get old. Termites tear them up. Things happen. Things break. Cars, they'll rust, they'll break down, eventually be scrapped to metal. Clothes, they go out of style, get too small, or we throw them away, right? When we invest in our youth, we are investing in the kingdom of God. And what we invest in our youth is what we are investing in the kingdom of God, amen? 83% of those who come to know the Lord do so before the age of 18. 83% of those who come to know the Lord do so before the age of 18. I want that number to to sit with you as I welcome the band back up. 83% of those who come to know the Lord do so before the age of 18. And only 17% are saved after the age of 18. Now you see why children were such a priority for Jesus and why it should be our priority. Children are an investment, an eternal investment with great return. Where will this church be 20 years from now if we don't invest in our youth and our children today? You see, it's so important to be investing in this generation. This isn't the future generation of this church. And, and as, a, as a friend of mine, uh, uh, Jamie, he, he said, this isn't the future generation of the church. This, these students are the church now. And we start by investing in the way that Jesus did. By taking them into our arms, into our hearts, praying for them, blessing them. And it doesn't have to look like uh, we're just preaching to them and giving them all this experience and wisdom and telling them all these things. It just looks like saying yes. 
saying yes to the opportunity to invest in them. And that can look like small group leaders and youth. That can look like uh, a, a Sunday school teacher, which is a huge need right now in our children's ministry. It can look like volunteers on VBS helping out, just saying, where do you need me? What do you need? It can look like coming to UM Army and helping out as a work team adult. It could be just showing up on a Sunday morning saying, place me where you need me. Whatever you need me to do, I'm here. When you say yes to opportunities to be in the lives of our students, of our youth, and of our children, you begin investing in the kingdom. All it takes is you understanding that responsibility. Us together as a church, understanding the responsibility that these youth and these students who are the church now are entrusted in us. And all we have to do is say yes to the opportunity. Will you pray with me? Dear Holy Spirit, Lord, you are just all over this place this morning. God, you are a God that moves in the midst of all different generations. God, I pray that we would have a childlike faith so excited, so focused on pursuing you, on just coming to you and, and, and grabbing hold of you, God. Got to pray that you would be with us today, that, that what you are speaking would not uh, just fall out of our minds and hearts as we leave this place, but that it would stick to us as we move forward from here. God, this is your generation. These are your students. These are your children. next generation of world changers is at hand and they are claiming the name of Jesus and so we pray for that 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 would be continued and that we would step into this responsibility of investing in our youth in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen